Hello, and welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Join us as we explore God's Word, providing practical teaching for day-to-day living. The message you are about to hear was recorded live at our Sunday morning worship experience. If you would like to learn more about Salt Church, please visit us at saltchurch.org. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning. I am uh, glad that I can be up here and share with you guys today. Um, as Pastor Leon already alluded to on persecution. Um, but man, this has been such a great series. If you have missed it, I know we've had technical difficulties. I went back this week to listen to the, the previous messages and I was like, um, because we've, we've really had some amazing, amazing messages um, going through this Bless This Home uh, series. And, and Leon started it off um, talking about being blessed or the righteous, um, not being legalistic and leaning into God. Um, talked again about being pure in heart, what it means you know, to, to have a hunger and a thirst for God, to look at your own heart, parent to the heart. And then last week, Tim, uh, our, our children's director, came in and he gave an amazing, amazing message on being a peacemaker. Um, I, I think he's going to do like a, he's going to do some kind of podcast because he's got people who want to hear that. And I would encourage you to listen to that uh, when he gets that out, because it was challenging, but encouraging last week. So it's just been an amazing uh, series. I've been so glad I've gotten to hear most of it and privileged to be able to be up here with you guys today and talk about being persecuted. Um, I know that that just, I can see the joy on your faces when you hear the word persecution or being persecuted. It's kind of one of those things that it's like, we see it, we read about it, we hear it, but it's kind of like, yeah, let's not talk about that very often. Let's, let's talk about maybe once a year, every other year. Eh, let's not talk about that. Um, and it's God's timing. It's amazing me. I, you know, I really want to get one of these fluffy, fun, happy, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy messages one of these days. Um, but uh, God just doesn't allow that. So he just, he just keeps bringing these, um, which are just on point and so challenging. But before we get going, I want to pray real quick. Um, and uh, pray over this message and pray for all of us that we would hear uh, what God has for us today. So if you'd bow your heads real quick. Lord, I thank you again for the opportunity to preach your word. Lord, to preach the truth. And I pray right now that you would move me out of the way. Lord, that you would move my flesh out of the way, my bias out of the way, my opinions out of the way. And Lord, that your spirit would speak through me. And Lord, I ask that you open our ears, you open our hearts to what you have for us today, Lord. And Lord, that even though this is a, a hard message to hear, that we would walk out of here encouraged, empowered, Lord, by your word. I am so grateful that your word does not return void. Because no matter how many times I mess up today, Lord, you can still speak through your word. So we, we say, have your way in our hearts and lives today. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, you've got, I've got two quick points um, that I want to get out of the way real fast um, before we even get started. And as I was going through this and prepping for this today, I, I called around and I got a group of about five or six. And so after this message is over, we are going to have a comfort and hug team over in the corner because when we're done with this message and the reality that is about to hit you, you may need a hug. <laughs> I did. This is not a soft message. This isn't a message 
that we sit around and, and wake up in the morning in our quiet times and jump into and go, thank you, Jesus, I get to be persecuted today. It's not what happens. But I want to remind you before we even begin in, get into this, because everything we are going to talk about today is based on Scripture, is I want to make sure that everyone in the room understands a couple things about Scripture and about the Bible. First and foremost, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. How many people heard, did that, sang that song as a kid? Sweet. I'm going to, we are, like, we're going to talk to Tim because you guys need to learn that song if you did not <laughs> sing it as a kid. It is an errant it is an infallible. It is the breathed word of God. There is not a single word in the Bible that is not useful, that is not intentional, and that is not the truth. On top of that, for those who would like to argue over its importance, it is also a historical book. You go find a scholar and they will tell you that this book is legit. It's not some made up anecdotal fairy tales like your grandma and mom used to tell you, tell you to scare you into telling the truth. How many people here have heard the boy cries wolf as they, when they were a kid right after they lied like six times to their mom? Do you know what's going to happen to you? One day a pack of wolves is going to come after you. Even though we live in the Bronx, they're coming for you. It's not anecdotal. This isn't, this isn't fairy tale time. This is the breathed word of God. And so when we go into scripture today, I want you to feel the weight of that. I want you to understand this isn't Chris speaking. A lot of this is Jesus speaking. This is the son of the most high God giving us instruction. And when he speaks, there's only one thing we can do, and it's listen. And so I just want to encourage you and challenge you today because I know that there are a lot of people in this world and maybe even a few of you in this room who see the Bible as just this nice group of stories made up, folk tales, that have some really good applicable use in our lives. And the reality is that the Bible is applicable to our lives and that there are things in God's word that can be used whether you're a Christian or not and save you a lot of trouble in life. But the truth is that this word, these words, are more important than any others ever written or ever spoken. So with the gravity of that, let's jump in to the word today. Here's your first blank, our first main point. If you live a Christ-centered, notice we talked about that the last few weeks, the, the ideal, the overall time frame here for this entire message is living a Christ-centered life, not a Christian life, not a church-centered life. We're not to be church-centric or Christian-centric. We are to be Christ-centered, Christ-focused. The foundation should be Christ. If you live that life, you will be persecuted. Not an if, ands, or buts. It's not a, if you're really zealous, 
If you're really crazy and you hit people over the head with a Bible when they come into your house, you'll be persecuted. It is if you live a Christ-centered life, if you give your all in all to Jesus Christ, if you give him your heart and say, I surrender my life to you. You are my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. The moment that you do that, this right here is a promise you will be persecuted. Yay! <laughs> Got one excited person in the room. Thank you, Miranda. Amen. Our main scripture for today, which we'll be jumping back and forth to, is Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. See, there is good news today. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not all be scared. It's, it's, it's none of that. In fact, the greatest reward is waiting for those who are persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ. That you can say amen to. That you can say yay to because that's who we want to be. That's where we want to find ourselves is in heaven with the greatest reward. And if you're not being persecuted, it is time to take a look in the mirror. Second Timothy 3.12, I'm going to jump there. You guys can follow me. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up. If you've got a phone, scroll to it. I am, uh, I'm a little new school, mixed in with the old school. So I want to give you a quick, this is 2 Timothy 3.12, I want to give you a, a really quick synopsis, a quick context of this. This is obviously Paul talking to Timothy, trying to encourage him. And I'm, I'm just going to give a, a brief summary. I'm not going to go read the whole thing because I, I, I don't think I need to, and I think it will take too long. But Paul's telling him, listen, Timothy, you've known my life. You've seen what I've been through. You know everything that I've gone through. You've seen the ups and the downs. You've seen all of the, the, the good things and the bad things. You've seen me in want. You've seen me be blessed. And you've seen me persecuted. And then he stops as if to say, hey, I want to make sure you understand this. I'm not special. Timothy, <laughs> all those, all those who are followers of Christ, all those who do God's work will be persecuted. All of them. He, he doesn't say just the special ones, just the pastor, although I guarantee you pastors face hell that you guys can't even fathom on a daily basis in the spiritual realms but you will be persecuted. It's across the board. See, I've, I've uh, spent quite a bit of time in, in Pentecostal churches uh, like Leon has and all sorts of different, uh, I guess, sects of the, the Pentecostal church. And, and the one that, a couple of them I've been to, one of the things that annoys me the most, and you guys can probably tell this by my preaching, <laughs> is they make all these great promises about how awesome life is going to be and how fluffy and great and good and life. You just made, a, you when you raised your hand and gave your heart to the Lord, oh, life is about to be grand. You're going to get rich. 
He's going to give you a big house. Yes, in heaven. Everything is going to be great from now on. And they forget to tell these new believers, they forget to tell the people listening to them, hold on one second. Now that you've given your heart to the Lord, I want to tell you this as well. Just as a warning, you will be persecuted. Satan is now going to come after you. And there's nothing you can do about it. When we look in the Old Testament, a great example that we have is Cain and Abel. And here's the funny part about this. There was no preaching involved. Like, it's, it's, it's not like Abel was like beating him over the head, you know, or, or, or coming after him or telling him, you know, he's, he should be doing things differently. He didn't have to. He just had to live his life righteously. And living a righteous life will bring upon you persecution because darkness hates it. For those of you guys who, like me, have had a time of rebellion in your life, or maybe you're still in it, which means you're squirming in your seats as we speak. <laughs> I remember when I rebelled, right? Like, I would go home to my parents' house for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and I was not living a life for Christ. And the moment that I walked into the room, I started squirming. I wanted out of there as fast as I could get out of that place. My mom didn't ever have to preach at me. She would walk up, give me a big hug and love on me like a mom should. And it was like, I wanted to say, stop preaching. And she wasn't even talking. <laughs> mom, don't look at me that way. I'm not looking at you like anything. I love you, son. Stop saying you love me. You're crazy. I got, went out, I got drunk last night. You don't love that. But it will bring persecution upon you because the people that are around you that don't live a life for Christ who are walking in darkness, they can't stand being around it. They can't stand it at all. John 15, 8 through 20. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. That is Jesus Christ speaking. He's saying, hey, guess what, guys? Get ready. They are going to hate you. They are going to persecute you. Those friends that you grew up with that are still walking around doing all the crazy things, going out doing stuff that they know are wrong, the moment you gave your heart to the Lord, even if you're still struggling, even if you're still stumbling, you've changed. You, know how, you now have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. And the dark spirits that are running around those guys can feel it. All of a sudden, those phone calls are going to stop. They're not going to want to hang around you. They're going to start making fun of every single one of your decisions. I don't understand. That video was great. I don't understand. Why is he always going to church, man? 
Like, why do you keep going over there on that Wednesday night hanging out with those people? Why are you going to that, that marriage group on Sunday nights hanging out with those people? Those people are weird. They're not fun. They don't have fun like we have fun. Why are you doing that? Man, if you're gonna act like that, if you're gonna hang out with those people, we can't have you around anymore. We can't be around you anymore. And it's because they can't stand to be in the presence of righteousness. So what are we gonna do? Because like anything, going through this kind of stuff requires preparing. Like you have to be prepared to deal with this stuff. Because man, when you face persecution, it isn't fun. It's hard. It's a legitimately hard thing to go through. And Satan is gonna throw everything at you. He is coming for you. I know people who've lost their entire families when they gave their hearts to the Lord. Family said, we don't, we don't want you around. They, don't, they, they weren't doing, they weren't preaching. They weren't, they weren't even evangelizing. They were just showing up loving people. And they lost their families. I know, I know we know people who've, who've been married and it's destroyed families because there's a hatred when righteousness comes into the room. All of a sudden, you wanna do things that are Christ-like. You wanna do things that are based on truth. And man, people around that, they don't like it. Now, I wanna preface this real quick when we talk about the persecution we face by reminding you that the things that you face are lightweight. Lightweight. Let me take you back to early Christian church. There were 10 mass persecutions by the Romans where thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Christians were murdered because they refused to denounce the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as I was prepping this and reading about this, and it's stuff that I've read about in, in church history and, and even regular history classes, and I, the more that I thought about that, the more it make you question, like, if somebody came and pointed a gun in, put a gun at my head, or even worse, put a gun at my daughter's head, would I have the strength to say, give me death, because I refuse to denounce that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Because that's what they went through. Tongues cut out ears cut off, limbs. Here's the best one. How many people here have ever seen the pictures of the Colosseum? How many people have you ever really gotten to be there? I've, I've had the, the ability to go over there and see it in person. Um, you walk in and you're like in awe. Oh man, the gladiators, they came in here and fought. You know what else was done in that Colosseum? You don't want to denounce Christ? Okay, we're going to throw you in the arena with some lions and we're gonna pack the whole place and we're gonna cheer as we watch these lions eat you. That was early Christianity. That was like, hey guys, you have a choice. Live or stick with God. Face persecution. And so, like, we were talking, Seth and I were right before we, we came, but right before uh, church started today, we were talking about, like, do we even really face persecution? And, and we do on a different level. 
Um, you know, I've, I've watched my daughter. Um, my kids love church. I'm blessed. They absolutely love this church. And so they invite everyone at their school to church. Everybody. Like, when we hand out those invite cards, my daughters take, like, stacks. And those don't end up at my house. They go in their backpacks, and they come home, and they're gone. And it's like, yeah, I invited my entire class today. And then I went out to recess and was handing them out. And I was handing them out on the bus. I'm inviting everybody to church because I want everybody here. But they have faced persecution because of that. They've been made fun of because of that. There are kids at, my, at, at their school that will not be their friends because my daughters are so happy about church. We actually, my wife and I got invited over to my older daughter's, one of her friend's house. And uh, we went over for a barbecue. We're hanging out, having a great time. We were there for like seven hours. We, we went over to pick her up, and they were like, hey, hang out. Started hanging out, and um, at the very end, about an hour before we left, we're sitting down at this table, and, and the mother knows that we go to Salt Church. And she says, you know, Alexandra keeps asking if, if she can go with you guys. And we're like, yeah, anytime. We'll pick her up. And the dad kind of looked at, he's like, oh, you guys go to church. And the mom's like, oh, no, they don't just go to church. Like, they, like, go to church. <laughs> I said, yeah, we're actually part of helping with a church plant. We're kind of, we're, we're one of the, the dream team. We're one of, like, the core members of, of this church. We're, we're meeting, you know, right around the corner from you guys. You should come visit. And it was like, we went from, like, this possibility of being best friends to, like, the dude won't even talk to me now. I go to pick her up or I go to drop her off and it's like just ice cold. And I'm like, man, I didn't even break out my Bible. <laughs> like I had the pocket Bible ready. I didn't even get there. <laughs> and it's really disappointing. They're cool people and they need God. And I'm the kind of person, man, I will, I will hang out and show you the love of God. I, I, don't, I don't even need to, to beat you over the head with, with the Old Testament. I save that until I get to know you better. Yeah, ask Justin. Um, I, just, I was just nice. We were just hanging out. I didn't even talk about church the whole day. We talked about surfing and the beach and boats and having a great time. And it was like all of a sudden, the moment they found, he found out. Like, oh, you're a Christian. Like, you're not just one of those Sunday, like, morning people either. Like, you're like, you go to church. It's like, yeah, I do. I love God. It's our, like, it, it's one of, it's our favorite day of the week. Every time we get a chance to go, it's, we're there. And my daughter loves it. And that's why your daughter's been invited 455 times over the last two years. And you know what? You might want to let her come because until she comes, my daughter's not going to quit asking. At least if she comes, maybe she won't like it and you'll be lucky and you won't ever have to bring her. But we face those things. And so for us here now, it, it, persecution is different. Persecution might be losing friends. It might be being treated differently at the office. It might be, you know, your kids, watching your kids go through stuff. That's something we need to prepare our children for. If you're bold for the gospel, if people know that you love Jesus, they're going to think you're a weirdo. But let me take you to the Bible and tell you what it says. It's Jesus, they hated him first. And you're blessed if you're persecuted. 
Keep asking them to church. Keep handing out those cards. Don't stop. Don't ever give up. And don't ever let the world steal that from you. Keep doing it. But guess what? We have to expect it. That's your next blank. We have to expect it. If you as a Christian do not expect persecution, you are going to be in for the shock of a lifetime. It is going to happen. And guess what, guys? Jesus was the single greatest example. I mean, all that did, all, all, all that dude did, and I call anybody who wears sandals and has a beard a dude, all he did was go around and love on people and preach the truth. And they hated him for it. I mean, it's rare that you look in the Bible and see Jesus like really angry. I can think of one time off the top of my head, I'm sure I could go find one or two more, but he was just a lover. All he did was love people, heal people, and preach the truth. I mean, here's a guy who healed blind people, healed cripples. You would think this dude would be like Bono. I mean, you think this, they would have wanted, they would have been running him for emperor. This dude can heal people. But he spoke the truth. And so he was persecuted to death. And so when we see that, like when we go through these little things, we need to expect it. We have to know, listen, when I told you that the book is historical, the reason that I wanted to remind you that the Bible is historical is because history repeats itself. And if you preach the truth, if you speak the truth, if you show God's love, history will repeat itself and people will hate you. That hasn't changed. The world is cool with a whole lot of stuff they didn't used to be cool with. Loving Jesus is not one of them. So we have to expect it. Next, port, next part here is going to be the next blank. And it's, when you love, when you live a Christ-centered life, you must endure it. You must endure it. 1 Corinthians 4.12 says, When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. I'm going to read a little more of that one. Just because I like that scripture. This is the only hard part about doing this and not having a Bible. I, I'm a whole lot faster when I pull up my Bible than I am doing this thing. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. And I want you guys to hear this one because I think that the church has it all wrong right now. And I'm gonna use a term that I've heard from a couple people here that you may have never heard from the pulpit, but Christians get butt hurt way too easy. You get butt hurt way too easy. Apologize for anybody who hears this if this one makes the recording. My mom in particular is not gonna like that. Because I want you to hear this next part. When slandered, we entreat. 
when slandered, we deal with it. It doesn't say when slandered, we attack right back. Let, let, me, let me say this real quick, quick rabbit trail. And I'll get back because I know my time's running out already. <laughs> we have this thing where we feel like we have to defend God all the time. We have to defend ourselves. Like, well, I'm right. The Bible tells me I'm right. And so if you come after me and you come and you attack me, you persecute me, you slander me, guess what? I'm coming back at you with the truth and I'm gonna beat you over the head with this King James Bible until you give up. There is nowhere in God's word that it says to do that. Let me remind you, the Jews, they were waiting for this warrior king. They were waiting for this guy to come in on a white horse with a big flaming sword and to put them back into the place that they were supposed to be, the kingdom of the Jews, where they would rule the world. That's what they expected Christ to be. They're still waiting on it. Instead, they got a guy who came riding in on a donkey, loving everybody around him, even though they hated him. And so if we're supposed to be Christ-like, how many people have heard the scripture that when someone slaps you, you turn the other cheek, you let them hit the other one too? And so when, when I read this, I was thinking, man, how many times am I on Facebook and I read one thing and somebody puts something up there and somebody else goes after them? And it's not even the non-Christians. It's Christians going at each other on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the newest one is. And then they come to church on Sunday and they can't even be in the same room. Guys, we are supposed to love no matter what persecution we come under. If they put you on a cross in the name of Jesus, you love them anyway. Like, let's not forget his last words. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The world doesn't know what they're doing. If we respond in kind, we respond in hatred. All we're doing is being just like the world. And God's word says right here, man, when they come after you, when they revile you, when they hate you, bless them. When they persecute you, you endure it. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean you fight back. It means you take it and you show love in return. That's what that means to endure. Like we would love to replace that with fight. When they, when they persecute you, fight back. When they say nasty things, say worse things back. Go find a scripture that you think justifies the anger that you have and throw that back at them on Facebook. Make sure you tag them. No. No. We should expect it. And then when it comes, we should be ready and prepared and then we should endure it. We should allow it. And in turn, we should show love. When you put that scripture up on Facebook because it was so encouraging in your quiet time and you get all these atheists that come back at you, I get people, at least my friends that are atheists are really nice. They message me behind closed doors. <laughs> they don't do it on Facebook. Um, but my response is always in love. It has to be. That's what I'm called to do. I'm called to endure it. I am called to carry that burden as a Christian. 
And let me tell you, I was raised up to be a spiritual warrior, but the spiritual warfare thing is in the spiritual, not in the carnal. So when people make fun of you because you're different, when they make fun of you because instead of going to Panama City or Daytona or New or uh, trying to think of all the other spots that everybody goes to on spring break for high school and college. Instead, you go on a mission trip, and so your friends make fun of you, and they're showing you all the pictures of all the bad stuff that happened while they were down there and how awesome it was because they can't remember any of it. Man, I'm glad you guys had a, a great time. Dude, look at this picture of me with this orphan. I just, man, I just had the greatest time. But man, I'm glad you guys had a good time too. When you remember it, come and tell me. I wouldn't say that, but you can think it. No, probably shouldn't even think it. Jesus is going to convict me for that later. He always raised the bar. Don't even think it. Sorry, that was bad advice. Enduring something, and I'm going to say this real quick because I want to get to this last point. Enduring something does something to you. When you go through these things, when you face these trials, these tribulations, when you face these attacks and you walk them out, it does something to you. It strengthens your resolve. It makes being a Christian actually easier because when these things happen to you and you're going through these things and you realize, man, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm standing for what's right. It, it steals you. It strengthens you. It strengthens your family. When a family identity is strong, peer pressure is weak. When your kids know who Jesus Christ is and they know what you believe and they know what they believe, peer pressure doesn't have the same effect. When that identity is weak, peer pressure is strong. And when you go through persecution, when you allow your children to go through persecution, when you explain to them there's gonna be persecution and they go through it, their resolve is strengthened and steeled. And man, then when they get to our age, they're prepared for it. It's nothing new. And they are a whole lot better at showing love than we are. So we expect it, we endure it. And my favorite, and I wish I had more time, but I'm just gonna make this quick, is you must embrace it. Guys, we have to be people who embrace who we're called to be. That means not only do we expect it, not only can we endure it, but we welcome it. You know, I watch what our country's going through, and I'm gonna say something that may be really unpopular with most of you guys, but I believe that as Christians, we should not be trying to legislate our Christianity. Because we're supposed to be persecuted. They are supposed to hate us. That's part of what we are called to go through and called to do. The world should hate us. When we get to the point where the world loves us, you're in trouble. Did you not hear the scripture? When the world loves you, you are one of them. When we resort to the same tactics as the world, we are the world. You cannot be separate from it and still be doing the same thing. So we should embrace it. When your kids come home and they say, Dad, I don't understand. I keep inviting these people to church and they, they don't like me. They don't love me. Why won't they be my friend? Honey, let me tell you something. 
Jesus was hated. Jesus was whipped and beaten and spit on and ridiculed and mocked. It'll be all right. What you're doing, you're doing for God. And let me tell you about the blessings that will come if you endure this. And you're gonna have friends and they're not gonna be friends, they're gonna be sisters and brothers who will stand by you through everything. These people mocking you, these people making fun of you, they're the world. Expect it. You have Jesus Christ, you can endure it. You can overcome it. But we have to embrace it. We have to want it. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Rejoice. Man, I want to be as Christ-like as I can. I should rejoice when I'm persecuted because I know I'm living a Christ-centered life. I'm not just a Christian. I don't even like that term anymore. Too many people should be walking around with air quotes on their shirts so every time they say Christian, people can just read it as an air quote. No, I want to live a Christ-centered life where I don't have to say a word. The righteousness of Jesus Christ that exudes from me is what will cause darkness to flee. It is what will cause persecution. And I'm supposed to rejoice in it. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. Praise God. When these persecutions come, when you lose friends, you need to know you're losing them because you're doing what's right. You're standing firm on the rock. You are saying goodbye to the things of the old man. You are saying goodbye to the old junk, the darkness, and you are standing on righteousness. And if you stand on righteousness, people will hate you. But there's a reward. There is blessings for those that are willing to do it. See, the greatest reward in heaven are for those who were persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ. Those who endured the persecutions in the name of Jesus Christ. There is the greatest reward for those. So I wanna encourage you guys today. Man, I'm, it's hard because it is such a tough thing, but you need to know it's coming. You need to be prepared for it. You need to be ready for it. You're gonna lose friends. Don't hold on, let go. There may be somebody you need to cut off. But you're going to be persecuted. They're going to hate you. But it's okay. We can expect it. And every single time that somebody calls you a name or you lose a friend, stop for just a moment and think of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross for you, for your sin. So you could spend eternity in heaven. Think about that persecution. And man, what these people are saying, it's lightweight. It's lightweight. I know some of you guys gave your heart to the Lord beforehand because the pastor's awesome and went with the Spirit. And I, would, I don't want to scare you with this today. <laughs> it's like, but I just gave my heart to the Lord 10 minutes ago, and now I'm really second-guessing this. <laughs> I want to encourage you. That's why we have each other. Because we can walk together through this. 
That's why we come together. That's why we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves. Get involved in church. Jump on a serve team like Pastor was talking about. Get in with people, get to know them and have friends. Because then when you're walking through persecution, you can lean on one another. Be prepared, expect it, endure it. Stop defending God. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Thank you guys today.